Welcome to CEO Insights, a podcast on influence and negotiation, in which CEOs of international companies come to share their approach and experience of negotiation and influence. I'm your host, Ludovic Tanron. I'm a business and strategic partnership developer, lawyer, expert negotiator, and the author of The Master Key, Unlock Your Influence and Succeed in Negotiation. I have the pleasure to welcome today Roland Erlory, CEO of Villebrequin, the French luxury brand specializing in swimwear and ready-to-wear for men and women. It's a real pleasure to have Roland with us today for our very first podcast. Welcome to this podcast, uh, Roland. Thank you very much uh, for accepting this invitation. Uh, I hear you in Saint-Barth at the moment, close to the ocean. How is the situation there for you? Uh, for, for me, the situation is is um, is good. Uh, you know, being in Sinbart, uh when selling bathing suits, it's uh, it's is a must. And uh, and of course, now situation is is difficult uh, on a um, sanitary uh, basis. But we live on a, in in a, in a, we live in a place where. Um, the weather and the situation and the life landscapes give you some good reasons to be uh, optimistic. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So look, I'm going to go straight to the first question for you. Um, so I understand when you are a CEO, you manage and deal with people constantly. Therefore, negotiation skills are key. How did you mm-hmm. reach that level and build yourself as a negotiator? Was it on a job, through books, mentors, icons, training? How did you build yourself? You know, I was, uh, my parents, they had a store and uh, I was born in a, in a store. So I'm a, a born uh, seller and uh, I grew up in, um, in, a, in a selling atmosphere. And selling and negotiating for me are very close by by nature. So I I really grew up in that atmosphere of selling of negotiating, but in a, in a, in a, in a very nice way because that's the way of pleasing the pleasing somebody to please the client. And uh, um, negotiating or selling is part of my character. It's part of my education. And um, I didn't really build it. I improved it through situations of life. Um, and, uh, and of course, with your expertise and your experience, you become perhaps better and better. But I didn't, I didn't it's not something that I, I learned in the books or that I learned technically. That's something that I, uh, uh, which grew up inside me at the same time that I was grow- growing myself. Oh, that's great. So, Del Carnegie, I don't know if you know that author, used to say that success in business is 15% technical knowledge and 80% human engineering, including negotiation. So, you share that opinion? Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, you know, selling, which is like negotiate, negotiating, is first the, the contact you're able to create with somebody. It's really about listening. I guess the key quality negotiating is listening, listening to, to what the, the one in front of you has to say, what he's expecting, um, 
what is his his uh, what is will his wish and um, and of course if you do not have this human skill that you are mentioning you cannot understand who is in front of you and then you will not be a good negotiator it's impossible and uh, uh, for me it's first it's about listening then it's about the the goal of pleasing the one in front of you. Even if we are talking about negotiating, I believe that the win-win situation is a good negotiation. It's if you take too much advantage, um, the negotiation perhaps will not last. The negotiation will not please uh, the two the two parts. And the win-win, which is the satisfaction of everybody that you have in the selling process, is for me a key way of a good negotiation. And uh, um, that's, I believe, my technique. It's to to negotiate as I sell to please the client who, who is in front of me. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, the people with a win-lose attitude, uh, usually they make short-term gain, but um, long-term, I don't think it lasts. Um, that's for sure. So what daily habits have you developed which you think help you negotiate and perform every day, especially in this challenging con- uh, context? Because very much, very often it's a question of, uh, of habits. Have you developed some habits, daily habits, that help you to perform as a negotiator every day? It's not fully related to negotiation, but I have daily habits, which is how to break the routine, um, how to break the, the way of doing the, the, the same thing the same way. That's for me my job of CEO. So breaking the routine, um, which is in my case the daily habits, leads you to to negotiating, small negotiation, but at least at least it keeps your mind uh, alert. I don't have you say in English if it, it if it works, but it's really this: it's to keep it all the time uh, your your mind flexible, ready to change things. And when you change something, you negotiate. So it's uh, that's perhaps my daily negotiation, breaking the routine, which means negotiating with the people in front of me that I want to change the way of doing. But how do you keep your balance, for instance, because stress, for instance, can be a, a big issue. Do you meditate? Do you, are there things that you do every day to keep your balance? Interesting. Um, I do meditate, but that's not what helps me uh, um, the most. I believe that's a very interesting question, Ludovic. Um, I guess it's related to what I explained before, that in all negotiation, I try to get a win-win situation to get uh, satisfaction on, on both sides. And uh, by doing this, it gives you a lot of energy. It gives you self-confidence and it gives you motivation. On the opposite side, uh, if you negotiate to win, you cannot get the energy because at the end you feel ashamed. It's not a positive way if you want to, to try to screw up somebody uh, perhaps you do it once, but then for me, it's not the good energy. When you try 
in your daily job to negotiate in a win-win situation, in some ways, you have the, the feeling that you are doing something good and, uh, and it gives you the faith in what you do. And uh, that's, for me, what's given me the energy. I try. I do not succeed, of course, uh, every time. But I try to, to find the right balance in the situation. And by doing this, it gives me the feeling that I'm doing something, something good or helping, supporting. And uh, that's what gives me the energy of, uh, of repeating it every day. I see. So I don't know if I'm clear about that, but uh, um, because I'm I'm thinking when when I'm thinking about it when telling it to you, but that's really this when you try to do things in the right way, in the good way, that's an endless energy. That's something you do not have to work on it because the energy comes by itself. I see. I see. So how do you prepare for an important negotiation? You know, when, especially when stakes are high. Do you prepare yeah. a certain way? You have an important meeting uh, in a big capital city, for instance, and uh, and um, the 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 stakes are very high for Villebroquin. How do you prepare for this mm. kind of uh, of negotiation? So I always prepare. Always, if it's important, I prepare, and I prepare in, in uh, always the same way, that I think about the three um, goals of the one I'm, I have to deal with, and I define the three goals that I want to reach in this negotiation. And I do not prepare so much the tactic of dealing. Uh, I can think about, depending the cases, I mean, the way that I want to reach uh, to reach my goal or to, to, to explain the goals I want to reach. But I always do the same. Which are the three goals he wants to reach? Which are the three goals I want to reach? And then I'm leading by my intuition. But at least I know, I imagine the frame of the one in front of me and I know which is my frame and which are my, my, the goals I want to reach. And I have a B plan. If it's not satisfying for me, how can I exit the negotiation without closing it? And uh, that's, yeah, that's how I do. The three goals of, my, of the partner in front of me, my three goals, and the exit, um, the exit option. I see. So sleep. Simple. Very simple. I see. So sleep is, is something I talk in my book as an underestimated factor, you know, in negotiation. And you, you may remember that I offered you a, a book yeah. on sleep. I don't know if you read it, but uh, yes, I, just, I did. Yeah, did you find it interesting? Yes. Yeah, it's super interesting. It, it honestly, it has changed the. It, it doesn't. It does not change my life, but it has changed the the way I'm living, taking much, giving much, much more attention to how many hours I'm going to sleep. Yeah, no, no, it's a super interesting book uh, yeah. on sleep. But uh, uh, so I understand that in normal circumstances, you you have an you are an extensive traveler, right? So uh, yeah. how how do you deal with sleep and jet lag so it doesn't affect your performance? How do you come fresh to uh, to a meeting? Uh, how do you deal with that? Because of course, lack of sleep can trigger a bit of stress and aggressivity. Yeah. 
So how do you deal with that and how you keep, you keep your cool, basically, and come fresh to, uh, to these meetings? I try to sleep if I can, but sometimes you cannot. And uh, because of jet lag, because of situ situation, because too many things in your, in your mind and not at the right timing of your body. And uh, so I, I deal with, I cannot, I force myself uh, not to, I mean, to go to bed earlier. And, uh, and when I know that I have important meeting or negotiation, I try to avoid uh, the day before to have uh, dinner or to have too many things to do that I can rest. Uh, sometimes it's possible, sometimes it's not. I do not make it as a rule, but I, I, I try to, to, to be cautious with, uh, with these elements. That's for sure. But it's not a definitive, definitive rule. It's not, I'm not leaded by this. Yeah, no, I understand. So I have another question for you, which is interesting. Yeah, I hope for you coming from the fashion industry. Do you think that first impression, including the way you dress, play an important role in negotiation? Because you often very much judge um, on the first impressions you make. And, and if it's a negative ex uh, um, impression, it's very difficult sometimes to overcome because this is the way we are wired as humans. So do you play, um, uh, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you give a lot of importance to, uh, to, to first impressions? And the first impression you give to people when you negotiate with them, the way you dress or the way you talk, um, do you pay great attention to that? Do you think that it's important, for instance, that you represent Villebroquin well, rather than wearing a suit and a tie, uh, you have to basically wear Villebroquin's hmm. um, uh, know, clothes and stuff? Or do you think it plays an important role for you, but also probably for your staff? Uh, do you think that's important? It's, it's super important. First impression is super important. But for me, beyond the, the, the clothes, it's first your face. That's what you express through your eyes, the way you look at the people in front of you, and, uh, and, uh, and a closed face or an open face, a smiling one or uh, an uh, angry one. And the face does express your uh, mindset, does express your soul, does express the, the, the state of mind you are when you're speaking to the people. So first, is to, it's not to build an open face, it's to be in an open uh, mind when you arrive in front of people. If you're open to listen, to listen again, listen then your face expresses this interest and it gives a positive feeling to the one in front of you. But really having the desire and the will to listen to somebody change the perception of the one in front of you. And that's the most important. And of course, then the way you're dressed is super, I mean, it's, it's, it's super important also because it gives the feeling of, are you somebody elegant? Uh, are you somebody fun or strict? Um, what do you want to show? In my case, uh, so I have a purple, uh, a purple uh, shirt to speak with you because my business is about bathing suits, is about out of living at the beach, and it's about joyful and fantasy 
uh, with elegance. And uh, so I'm, as a CEO of Ilbrokin, I represent uh, this, this, uh, this, this spirit and that the way I dress when I, when I deal professionally with my, my collaborators or with external people. But um, yes, you express something with the way you are dressed. But the one you cannot hide, the one which, which is a true uh, perception is the one you give through your face your eyes and uh, and your uh, body language. Your it's, attitude. It's super important. Your attitude. That's probably what yeah. you mean. Yeah, I fully agree mm. with that. So, I mean, uh, I'm going to talk about the present crisis because it's forcing us all, you know, to negotiate a different way from a distance through devices and stuff. Um, do you see it becoming the norm in the future with people traveling less for business meetings and, and us, you know, uh, negotiating through devices, meaning less face-to-face, maybe less cues mm. to, to see how people react, you know, to your ideas and your words? Do you think, how do you adjust to that? Um, because I imagine that you can't really negotiate the same way when you don't have people face-to-face. Mm. And you think it's going to become the norm and we have to get used to it now? Yes. For the good and for the bad. But um, yes, it, 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 it will change the, the habits of, uh, of, of all of us. And uh, we will travel less and we will use more the... the the device and the Zoom and the, and the video conference. That's for sure. Um, the good, because it avoids um, to lose your energy uh, by traveling too much because it's a lot of energy to travel. It's tiring. And, uh, and in terms of efficiency, it's so easy to organize a Zoom conference. I'm in Sinbart, you are in, in Asia, in Vietnam, and we can speak easily without having the feeling of losing something too important. So it's, it has changed the, the mindset in, in that way. For the bad, because um, the, the human being contact is, is, is part of the pleasure. You know, I was mentioning that you need to please the one in front of you when negotiating. So that's my habit of, uh, as a salesman. But pleasing somebody, is, um, it, it, it goes through, through the human contact, through what you can see in the eyes, uh, the perception of the body in front of you. The, I don't know how you say in English, les ondes. You know, everybody... Waves. Uh, the waves, yeah, has waves. So when you are under a screen, you cannot feel this and it's a big for me it's a, it's a huge uh, lack of understanding when i'm in front of somebody when i can perceive the waves of somebody uh, it gives me very important indication about um, about the person so i believe that it's going to change the way of of dealing the way of managing uh, we will do more uh, virtual conferences and virtual meetings but for the most important things and if you want to understand what's happening in the in the in the other countries you will still have to travel so it will it will be less travel but it will not be no travel it's impossible otherwise you're going to lose uh, 
uh, essential understanding of uh, of the people in front of you and of the situation. Yeah, I think without the face-to-face, -face, you have to be careful with the way you negotiate because you assume things, uh, including a context you don't have anymore, and, and sometimes it leads to misunderstandings, right? Yeah, yes. I think that's... Uh, the, you know, if, if you are in front of somebody, if you go to the office, the offices of the partners, uh, you can see the collaborators around just to say hello, just to have a look. It gives you so many information about who, what is the company, who are these people, because you get all this perception of the, the, the global waves of a, of a location. If you are on a camera like this, you, you miss it. You miss so it. You miss a, a big part of the understanding, which is necessary to make decisions. Yeah. So, it will be less understanding, uh, but but it will not stop. I mean, we'll have to continue traveling. Less, but 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 uh, but we'll continue. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> because no, but true. I mean, traveling, uh, changing your routine. I was mentioning the routine that I want to my my daily uh, exercise is to break the routine. And uh, I have to break it for myself too. So if I do not travel, I'm uh, I'm I'm a sad uh, man because traveling is is uh, for me is, gives me the energy, the curiosity, the discovery. It's it's part of life. I could not I could not live without traveling. Yeah, fully understand. I'm not I'm not spir spiritual enough for that. <laughs> Full, fully understand it. So. Um, I mean, you mentioned listening, which is an important quality for a negotiator. Apart from that, if you had a number one tip to give to a negotiator, apart from that, which I think is important mm. already, what tip would you give to a negotiator? Win-win. Listening and win-win. If you, if you, if you're ready to give satisfaction, satisfaction to the one in front of you, you will reach a good deal. You need to have it in mind, listening to give satisfaction. I mean, listening to elaborate your strategy and your tactic, but also the state of mind of pleasing the one in front of you. If you want to please, you will reach your negotiation. You will reach something and, uh, and you will reach something satisfying for you, which will give you the energy for the next negotiation you will have to do. So listening to elaborate your strategy, to understand the one in front of you, listening to your in intuition also, and, and pleasing. Pleasing. If you want to please, you will succeed. So by pleasing, I guess you mean being a giver be before being a taker, for instance, right? Abs absolutely. Yeah. Fully, and I fully agree with you. You, you. you try to find the balance between, between both. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. So, of course, you take, you negotiate to take, but if you do not give, you will not take so much. Yeah, exactly. So, you already have a long career. So, um, what moment stands out in your life of a negotiator? Is this a moment where you always remember as a negotiator because it was a special moment, or uh, this is a, that was a great achievement for a great achievement for you. Is there any moment that stands out in your life of a, of a negotiator and therefore of a, of a leader? Mm. Interesting. 
I have one um, one example in mind. When I joined Villebrequin, uh, you know my shareholder, Maurice uh, Goldfarb, who is a tough negotiator. He's super super good uh, negotiator. And uh, he told me, you know, you have one weakness at Villebrequin. You only have only one supplier and it's a very fragile situation. So you need to, to work on that. You cannot have only one supplier, and, uh, which was full of uh, good sense and very clear. And uh, so I joined the company and like three months later, the supplier uh, asked us to come to Italy and uh, to inform us that he was going to bankruptcy and that he needed immediate money to continue the production. So I was really facing one of the worst situations for the brand. And uh, I was aware of, of this fragility, but I didn't have time to work on it. And I, and I had to face it um, at the very beginning of, uh, of, my, uh, of my job. And... Um, that was a tougher because I didn't have all the elements to judge because I was brand new in the, in the job position. And it was the toughest um, negotiation because it was a question of, uh, of uh, I mean, dead, dead or alive uh, because I could not afford not to be delivered. And, uh, um, and perhaps what was... Um, the most helpful in this negotiation is to have the absolutely the absolute fairness. I was very fair in everything I, I said, so I could get the trust of the people in front of me. I was not very flexible of the, the three goals I had fixed. I was telling you about I, I, I fixed three goals. I had no flexibility on that, but I had flexibility on other points. And, and we, I had with me uh, uh, one of the best lawyers in Italy and uh, giving me the, the legal frame of the negotiation. And uh, the combination of these three elements, the, the, the most efficient legal frame, um, the fairness, and... Uh, having determined the three goals with no flexibility on them and having in front of me people uh, who understood or perhaps I make them understanding this by, the, by, the listen, by, by, by listening them and by coming with good intentions, perhaps that's what allowed us to exit the situation uh, successfully and, uh, and not to have damages about, uh, uh, about the situation. Great. That's a great story. So I would like to finish up this interview with some fast run questions for you. So you have to yes. choose uh, one of these options. Um, and if you want to elaborate, you can. So uh, boutique hotels or chain hotels? Our boutique. Boutique. Yes. Richard, Richard Branson or Bill Gates? Richard Branson. That's what I thought. The style uh, actually uh, fits you better. Uh, the fantasy. Night owl or early bird? 
Sorry? Night owl or early bird? I, sorry, I do not understand. Are you, are you more uh, a, a night owl? So we say une, une chouette de nuit in French? Ah, or, okay. or an early bird? No, no, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm an early bird. You're an early bird. Oh, yes. Printed book or Kindle? Uh, printed books. Fiction book? I would love to use Kindle, but I'm, 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 I'm unable. I cannot. Fiction books or business books? Fiction. Bordeaux, uh, Bordeaux or Burgundy? Not, not sure. Burgundy. Burgundy. I, I love the business books. Uh, I, I love something b- very pragmatic. I mean, more than fiction. Uh, yeah. Roman is, is fiction for you? Yes. Yes. Okay. I love fiction. Fiction. And Burgundy. Burgundy. Burgundy guy. Okay. Because last yeah. time we talked, you talked to me about a Bordeaux. Uh, yes, that's true. Yes, yeah. But if I have to choose, Burgundy is more. Uh, I don't know. Very Refined. <laughs> so the short swimwear or the long swimwear? Short for me. Short. Saint-Tropez or Saint-Barthes? Saint-Barthes. I live here. Oh, wonderful. Okay, well, that was uh, that was the end of uh, of the interview. Thank you very much, Roland, for uh, oh, please for making yourself available and answering these questions and giving great insights to um, to the to the future listener of this podcast. So, uh, I hope we can uh, cross uh, roads again very soon, and I hope to have the pleasure uh, of uh, working again with you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Ludovic. Thank you also for your questions. You know, to grow up and to to improve your skills, you need to face questions like uh, the one you are asking because it forces you to to think about the way you do and it's always helpful. So thank you. My pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed this interview. There are more coming with different CEOs, with different backgrounds, stories. Stay tuned. You can follow us on www.ludovic.online. See you soon.